from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children, my name is Aaron Catano Sayas. And my name is Jeff Stormer, and this is a podcast where every week we source the greatest local ingredients from you, our lovely podcast listeners, that is your your prompts, your story suggestions, your inspirational seeds. We take those ingredients, we gather them up, we, we come together bright and early in the morning, and then you know what time it is, Aaron? You know what time it is once we've gathered up those ingredients... Once we've brought our years of skill to the table, you know what time it is? Time to make the donuts. It's time to make them donuts. We're making a beautiful donut fantasy child. It's true. It is 100% true. And fun fact, Junior Wizards, we've been calling this making an episode, like, when can you make a donut for the last, like, two years? Oh, it's been literally, I think, since, like, episode three. (laughs) It's true. We're like, time to make the donut. Or, like, you got time to make a donut this week? (laughs) Because I think I said it before a recording, like, four years ago. That is correct. And was just literally, like, and literally we just kind of stuck with it. I'm like, yep. Because we used to record, like, eight in the morning. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're right. We used to record so super early in the morning that it was literally, like, we would get up with the sun and be like, oh, time to make donuts. Let's fucking get it. Hello. <laughs> There's a lot of episodes I've re-listened where, like, you hear it. We're like, hey, Jeff, here. That's so yeah, oh, oh my god. Yeah, there's a lot where I'm like drinking I had to edit out so much drinking coffee. <laughs> Good. This is all my fantasy children. We create a fantasy character by using listener submitted prompts. We spin them up into an original beautiful child and use them to populate our fantasy world called fantasy, and we tell the greatest story of all time. It's true. Damn right. This we week do. it's no exception. But first, as I punch my boom arm, um, Jeff, what's getting you excited this week? What's making you feel good? What's, you know, what do you want to talk about? Just, you oh, know, we man. usually have, like, personal plugs is kind of the thing. In the, in the I first have thing. been, so this weekend, I have, well, I, I have a specific thing I want to talk about. Because I know okay. you want to, I know you're going to want to talk about it. Okay. I'm building up a little suspense. Um, I do, okay. I don't know what this Jen is and about. I, Jen and I started a new TV show recently. Um, oh! You know, you know how I love, <laughs> you know how I love the most cutting edge television. Yeah, you're um, <laughs> always on, like, you. right as something comes out, you have to watch it. It's crazy, everyone. Like, yeah. Jeff, as soon as something gets released and he's excited and he's like, oh, I watched the whole thing already. Yeah, it's true. So we're starting this brand new show. It's called Dragon Ball. Wait, are you watching <laughs> Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z? We went back to dra- after after I had some after my after some friends on Twitter were like, go back. You need to go back. We Wait. went back to start Dragon Ball proper. Oh, God, that is no. Anyone who tells me to watch Dragon Ball is no friend of mine. Oh, <laughs> I, I fucking actually, hate Dragon oh, I love Ball. It. I'm loving Do it. Do you love it top to bottom? I've fallen madly in love. The it's first, a classic. Like, the first like three episodes are rough, but yes, like once it's like they like years old. once they get the ball, and there's there's some stuff in it. Full, like there is some stuff in it that is beyond questionable. It's so old school. That's why. Like there are no fucks given in this there era. Is, there are some stuff that I watch that Jen and I watch, and I go. <laughs> Ooh, 
Ooh. Ooh, no. <laughs> it doesn't no. age. A lot of it doesn't age well. You know, just like everything involving Master Roshi is very challenging in There's a lot there's a lot that doesn't age well, but there's a lot that does and like you get to watch like the Dragon Ball Z like stuff st- come about and you get introduced to all these characters before they like get murdered one by one by Vegeta. <laughs> So that when you watch them just literally in the span of, like, six episodes, just get eviscerated, like, <laughs> you're like, no. It is, you, you see the formula come together, like, well, them kind of getting their, it's a lot, like, I think about it with our show, where it's like, you see them being like, yo, what are we supposed to do? I know we're going to fight. Like, yeah. I know, like, the manga, of course, is written first, but, like, they know, like, you're going to get to a fighting tournament about martial arts, but, like, mm-hmm. getting there is very clunky at first. Yeah, they they don't know what they're, it's it's funny, because, like, I remember I was talking to my friends, it was my friends Evan and Ophidian, and we were talking, and they were like, you know, once you get to the first tournament, like, the show clicks, everything, everything after that, like, they know what they're doing. And then, like, I watched it, I watched them moving towards the tournament, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, they really are, like putting the pieces together and as soon as they get that tournament they're like okay so then what we're gonna do is this and then you watch it like come together and it's it's fantastic it like is it like made it like makes me super happy once that once once they like figure out what they want to do with the show it turns wonderful i dig it how far did you get in z by the way before you backpedal uh about 10 episodes so we raditz is dead Okay, Vegeta and dead. Nappa have not shown up, which no, is not but they're led- planning on it. And I, I will say, uh, at your, against your own suggestion, Aaron, I am not watching the condensed version. We want, <laughs> I specifically want every single filler episode. I want every single B plot. Oh, I get want, ready. I want Bulma's driving lessons, dude. It's fucking. I br- want- it can be brutal. Like uh, when Goku's dead. Spoilers. That when he's walking on Snake Way is quite possibly was the hardest part of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, is he still going? Yo, it took years for him to get to King Kai's <laughs> is planet. He still going? Yeah, it's so fucking boring. And it's these characters that, like, I never cared about, even as a kid, training. And I'm like, I know you're not going to kill Vegeta. I know Krillin's not going to be the one to be, like, Destructo Disc. And, like, ah, cuts him in half. Like, no. But that would have owned, though. Like, well, I want, you to, I want you to watch. I want you to watch. I'm uh, when you get there, it will bring you joy. Let's put it that way. Oh, man, I love it. And so I'm loving, like, watching it from the start. I'm really excited. I am Fuck a krill. Yes. I'm a krillin guy. You're krillin, krillin Stan. <laughs> krillin Stan. So I'm loving it. Aaron, what's getting you excited this week? Um, what's getting me excited this week? Is it um, Ron Ron one half? I so I finally actually it's a funny story. I actually did watch the first episode of Ronma for the first time and like I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> oh my god. And then I saw I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And I really dig it. So uh, actually, there's that. I do. I do like Ronma a lot. It's really cute. It um, is. Anyway, and it's way ahead of its time. Um, I don't know what's getting me excited this week. Oh, I mean, it'll lead into the prompt. Um, what I've been doing a lot lately is the weather. Weather is getting warmer. I go to Prospect Park even in like the rain in the winter to walk around in nature. Um, it's quite possibly my favorite thing to do. But since it's springy. 
the turtles have come out of the lake and they're sunbathing again and there are so many birds. I recently have become a big fan of bird watching in the way of like not binoculars, I need to get some, but like trying to learn as many types as I can and learning their songs. So if I spot one that I like, I can be like, oh, there it is. And like right now, by the way, for bird bird knots, bird peeps, uh, my favorites at the moment are, I love giant ravens, like the ones at the Grand Canyon and in British Columbia. Hello, Ink Oculi. Um, but also grackles, uh, and which is like this cool blackbird that mimics the songs of other birds. And the easy one to spot is a red-winged blackbird because its song sounds like um, a dial-up modem. Like back in the day, it's like, okay. and yeah, and they live in marshlands. But yeah, I've been looking at birds. It's getting me very excited. Right now, the weather's looking gray. I looked out the window, and I'm, I think I might take a lap around Prospect Park and look for birds. All right. I love it. You've become a, a hermit. You've become I, like a... <laughs> <laughs> I am friend only to the birds. Yeah, like I... <laughs> it's so funny when like I work in service, everybody's like, yeah, you want to go out, grab a drink tonight? Blah, blah, blah. You're going out. What'd you do in New York? What was your weekend like? I was like, I went to Prospect Park and sat and looked at <laughs> turtles and listened to the birds. And everyone's like... Yo, what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> I don't live that you're, New York you're, life. You're, rat, you're Radagast the Brown. I get it. Fact that is factual. Yeah, welcome all to Radagast the Brown and fucking Krillin song. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the podcast. <laughs> um, but it brings us to our prompt this week, Jeff. It does. Um, prompt this week comes to us from our Discord from Scott Paladin. Prompt. There are eyes in the sky. What do they see? Which is very good, mm-hmm. because I have in my note, uh, when I sit at the park and I think of fantasy shit, um, I write it down in my notebook. So, I have sitting by the lake in Prospect Park before work, March 4th, 2020. <clears throat> May I just redo this quick passage? Please. Please do. I encourage all of you to buy a notebook if you're writing stuff and just scribble things down to get the idea. It is believed by most in fantasy that the songs, squawks, and honks of birds in fantasy, or at least some regions TBD, repel monsters. If you can hear the sounds of the birds on your travels, your travels will be safe. It is a lesson to travel quietly and respectfully. Be audience, be a captive audience to the birds and be silent. Not only will an obnoxious and noisy traveler scare the birds away and not be able to enjoy them, but you may be also putting yourself and your party in danger. If you're talking, you're not listening. Enjoy the song. Appreciate what it is giving you. And thank the birds by gifting them with peace. Um, On the second page, wrote, um, Many travelers believe one should follow the birds when moving between points of light. If birds keep monsters away, bird watching and tracking is a very valuable skill. Hmm. And then finding tri- twists on traditions. Oh, birdhouses would be all over points of light in cities to call. You want birds to come to you, especially if you don't live in a point of light, like if you're out on the prairie or something. Yep. You would try to get birdhouses to then keep, like, you know, monster repellent. Um, and then it is common to give someone to go on a long trip or journey a carving, jewelry, piece of clothing with a bird on it. I love what that. I love do you it. fuck with? You fuck with that? All of it. All of Every bit of it. It's a so cool I, thing that like birds keep them away. I well, I, I like it. I think it's it's partially that they keep them away, and partially that like the very real phenomenon of like the very real like nature tracking phenomenon of like bird watching is like an actual uh, like danger tracking thing, which is very cool. Go on, wait. Elaborate. So like if you are in an, if that. you are in an area where there are not like that's a that's a real thing. If you are in an area where there are traditionally birds. 
and there are not birds present, then, like, you know, there will be people, like, there, like, there's a school of thought of literally, like, the, okay, well, why? Like, is there oh, a larger yeah, predator right. here? yeah, Like, is the there, bird alarm idea, yeah. Yeah, is there, is there a larger predator here? Is there an environmental factor that makes it unsafe for things to live here? Like, like, paying attention to birds is, like, an actual valuable survival skill. So I love that it becomes this larger thing of, like, of, like, you know, the idea that there are these, there are things that are not only, uh, physical, right? Like, like, the idea that there might be a mountain lion. Yeah. But there might be, like, an invisible stalker. Oh. Or, like, a ghost. <laughs> or, like, a, uh, like, a living shadow or an ooze or something that, like, you just might not appear to be anything. Yeah. Or, like, a living tree that grabs you and gobbles you up. Like, oh. things that, like, a bird will sense these things. Birds are, have, birds, there's a magical attunement there. Fuck it. Oh, um, no, of course there is. They have that weird magnetic thing with, like, fucking migration and stuff. Birds yeah. are, like, super magic IRL. So if we amplify that for fantasy, they're, like, super magically yeah. attuned. So, like, a bird in a forest will be, will be sitting around and suddenly we'll see a tree, like, move and, like, you know, cr- or crack its fingers and be like, <laughs> and be like, well, I'm getting away from that fucking tree. <laughs> So do people follow birds? Like when you walking through points, like between points of light, do you try to like follow them? You know what I mean? Yes. Because do because their very presence essentially yeah. oh, would yeah. like repel it outwards. You know, and or would keep like, you safe. Yeah, and just would like give you their 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 nature's like guidepost, right? Like it's this idea of yes. you follow you follow the birds because if the birds don't settle in that lake, that's because there's a kraken in that lake, and then you start to move on and you see a tentacle pop out and be like, no. <laughs> the tentacles of the Kraken is so disappointed. <laughs> oh, fucking birds, no. Except it turns out the tentacles rope. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, can I tell you a quick story about Jeff Stormer? Have I ever told this story on air about I, Jeff may- Stormer, DM extraordinaire? Maybe, but, but, um, but tell it again Jeff, if not. Jeff and friends from home uh, were playing Dungeons & Dragons for my, like, second time. And I apologize for repeating myself, but I fucking love the story. And we're on a raft going down a river. And um, Can I interject with a behind-the-scenes thing of, like, please. why I thought what was about to happen is extreme? Well, I was like, so I had... This whole thing was supposed to, the, the premise of this adventure, and I don't know if you know this. I don't. The premise of this adventure was supposed to be that you were supposedly hunting a quote-unquote beast master but the actual twist if you like once you got the rest of the way through the adventure was that you were actually fighting an artificer who was living in the woods and fending off like and fending people off i remember this so in my head i'm like this is brilliant i'm gonna do this this and this and then there's gonna be there's gonna be please continue So we're on this raft going down the river, and all of a sudden, it's like a tentacle rises from the water. So, of course, a bunch of fucking 20-year-olds are like, we draw arms! Roll initiative! And we all go fucking hog wild attacking this with like we're unloading like it's a fucking disc one boss fight (laughs) and we're like using every ability we have and everything's missing and we're like yo what is this thing rolling very poorly (laughs) we rolled very poorly yes but i remember everything was like all right 12 miss okay so it's got a pretty good armor class 14 miss what what is this we this went on 
for <laughs> going on for an hour for a fucking hour we're like using every resource we have we're shooting bows we're shooting magic everything's missing and go and jeff would say like the arrow falls in the water or like you know it dodges the 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 tentacle moves to the left and gets out of the way and we're like this is fucked should we like turn around and get out of here and then jeff tells us eventually like what the fuck jeff what is this what is this boss why are you making us fight this and he goes <laughs> If you would have rolled a spot check, you would have seen that it was just animated rope. We were like, all we had to do <laughs> was roll a fucking spot. What were wrong with my eyes, Jeff? Was it dark outside? Was there a fucking mist that I couldn't see? Hey, that's no fucking tentacle. It's a literal piece of braided rope. You rat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that, like, that's, spot checks have ever, ever forever since then been so annoying to me where it's like all right what do i see we'll roll spot my, are my eyes closed tell me what i see literally so so a lot of people will message me and listen to party of one and be like jeff's a really great gm and i want you to know i was not always that <laughs> i want you to know i stuck in that fight for an hour and you let no us point- rot you like sat there like a sultan on like a pillow, like <laughs> fools keep attacking this rope, and then I will reveal my twist one hour later. <laughs> one hour later, I really want to reveal this twist. And I remember oh. by the time like we got to like you're like there's an artificer, we were all like we have to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just didn't. It was. Uh, so yeah, know that if you're ever just uh, starting out on your game's journey, know that like it's a process and that I've been doing this for a long time and for a long time I was really bad at it. <laughs> anyway, okay. so, so yeah, birds. if a bird sees like a thing, it's going to leave. So naturally, yeah, a traveler, you can just follow the path of the birds from place to place. And I love that you just follow them. And if they don't settle at a lake, well, then that lake probably isn't safe. So you find a different lake. It's very good. Is this just a spe- one specific culture in fantasy, or is it global? You know, is it like dragons believe this? I like it just being a traditionally held belief. Okay, I you know that. what I mean. I like it just yeah, being no, the the idea of like yeah, it's a thing. It is a it is an observable like it's one of it's an observable phenomenon. It's probably not like commonly maybe it's not like common. Maybe maybe if I can throw out a pitch that I think is along the lines of what you're thinking. Yeah. Maybe it's not, like, commonly practiced anywhere, but it is an observable phenomenon. It's sort of a, um, like, if you were to pick up, like, a guidebook from, like, Alpine Switchback's, like, guide to hiking. Yeah, it's a hiker tip. Like, it's, it's a, it's a hiker thing. Yeah, it's like, well, hey, if you see, a, if a, if you see birds, like, flee in a hurry, flee in a hurry. And it's just, like, in a book somewhere that, like, people who are used to this type of thing, right? Like, your travelers, your stand-up comedians, your traveling talk show hosts, all of these people that, like, wander... The millions of characters we've created that wander the, that wander <laughs> the world. Well, we said that travel is very challenging in fantasy. Yeah. And I started thinking about, like, why? Because, like, it can't just be, like, just because it, ta- it does take for fucking ever. But also, if you're following birds in the path of this, like, this path that they're carving, it might not be a straight fucking line. But, like, otherwise, I like the idea that fantasy is fucking dangerous we've oh, never talked sure. about yeah, yeah. this yeah. maybe this episode we talk about like monsters and stuff because we've never discussed like we have points of light meaning between two major cities or towns it's fucking dangerous it is 
those random areas in a JRPG that are just like full of monsters in between towns. That's like fucking yeah. most places. Yeah. Um, and they are repelled by birds or are they repelled by birds? Are birds like magic and they create like a fucking safe zone or is it more of like bird? You just follow birds because birds know how to avoid them. What's more fun? I like that one more so. I like that birds are uh, birds in the way that like there are animals that see colors that we can't. Mm. And there are ways that like there are just where, you know, dog dogs hear sounds that, that, that humans can't like. I like that birds just like see like magical stuff. Birds have an eye for magic. And okay. so you follow a bird because, oh, that bird sees that that bird steered clear of that beautiful apple tree. I bet that apple tree's cursed. I bet if you eat one of those apples, you become like a werewolf. I bet, that, I bet that's a you werewolf. You become an apple tree. Yeah. You become another one. <laughs> oh, that explains why there's dozens of apple trees here with screaming human faces. <laughs> suddenly a lot of things make sense. <laughs> so what are we going to do today? Um, in the discussion of monsters, what's something we haven't discussed? We said way back when that monsters are just like a thing that is present. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you said that I believe that monsters aren't like innately bad, but if you wander into a manticore's lair, like it'll kill you. Yeah. A lot like, a lot like if you wander into like a bear's cave or like a, like a tie, if you, if you walk up to a tiger that tiger might kill you. So are they just trying to survive is the question by like eating people and turning them in apples or are they just asshole monsters? I (laughs) love, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) well, Aaron, um, you know, what could turn, what could turn an, a a monster into a, into a murderous hell beast is a lot of things. Sometimes it's environmental factors. Sometimes it's, uh, sometimes it's, it's like life choices and well, some animals are just jerks. Oh, it's a good <laughs> Simpsons reference. I so I dig it. Um, because I, I was thinking a lot about uh fantasy monsters, and it, it happens a lot where there is no differentiation, but there is where like yeah. some monsters are like they walk in packs, and like you know, wargs are like have a like a group structure of like packs of wolves, but some are just beings that like walk around the earth, fucking up towns for no reason. Yeah, I feel like it's, I, I, I think, you know what, can we talk, a, can, uh, I do want to tie this into a character, because I think it's fascinating. Is it a monster person, like a person who studies monsters? Yes, it is a, a monster I observer. I, love I was it. like, I want this as well, where like, it's someone who studies them and is, is finding out what we're finding out by traveling with the birds. And I think it is, I mean, you know, nature itself is like a huge, diverse, like endlessly fascinating thing. Yes. Like they're like like you study like real life were real world animals and you find like so many you know fascinating and bizarre and wonderful things, right? Like you find yeah. that animals animals have these myriad of motivations. Some of them some of them will just you know, there are animals that will like there are birds that will just fly into another bird's nest and knock like the eggs out and then leave. Yeah. And so, like, I love the idea that monsters have that same kind of uh, wide-ranging motivation where sometimes that sometimes it is that they are just, like, a group of animals trying to survive and that, like, if, like, a pack of wargs is attacking some farmland, 
well, that just might be because, like, a river upstream is blocked and, like, the food, their regular food, the fish that they usually hunt are not coming down. Or sometimes there is, you know, the living tree that wants to turn you into an apple tree. Well, that tree's just evil. That tree's just a jerk. I love it. And I like the idea that if that's the case, um, learning how monsters work and perhaps like charming them. You know what I mean? Like you could get a Tarrasque yeah. on your side should you know how Tarrasques function. Oh, yeah. And like knowing what kind of knowing what their place in like I use the word nature lately because once you added magic, it adds another element. But like nature plus magic, knowing yeah. how nature works in a fantasy setting could allow you to like not have control over monsters, but like be it's like being friend to the animals, except being friend to the monsters. If and that's who this I character good dog with the, the animal. <laughs> Squawk with the animal. This bird's gotta fly. Um so, jumps well, out the, I, the other thing I love about this, and I wanna like for a moment, uh this is a heady episode and I'm really digging it, because I, I for a moment want to zoom back like hella far. I even want to peel back the curtain a little bit. The curtain has been peeled. There's a there's an element of AMFC that I really, really love. And it's that, like, there's... Sometimes we go for, like, a very traditional fantasy route of, like, well, something, you know, a, a hero's got to pick up a sword and somebody's got to die. Yeah, a but fucking I, wizard did it and stuff like I that. But I love, I love, and I think this kind of gives an element of, like, you know, the fantasy monster of, like, sometimes it is, like, the... I guess you'd call it optimistic or hopeful or loving approach is the right one. Yes. And like, like a fantasy scenario. Yes. We talked about this recently with uh, uh, how you can't just kill every villain. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing when it comes to monsters. Like you can't just go around being like, you know, farming fucking goblins for XP. Like that, you like know. that, that warg <laughs> example really like popped into my head that it felt very AMFC to me to be like, okay, cool. If I were to present this to a group of, of D and D players and be like, cool, there's a pack of wargs attacking a village. It would be easy to go, well, then we got to go kill those wargs. But it feels like the more AMFC to response to go, okay, so let's figure out why that is. Yeah. And let's go like, let's go address that issue and to it, it it's also somewhat pokemon the animated series-esque yeah completely which, though uh, snorlax is sleeping on the river and you must wake you must wake the snorlax up so with the poke flute but it's yeah. it's a much more so this character then would be like or someone who cares about this kind of solution you know what yeah. i mean because there are we have said capital h heroes in fantasy you know it's not it is not always care bears and popsicles sure 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 um this person is somewhat more of an environmentalist then because they yes. care about the natural state of monsters and the natural state of the world, including magic and how that all, cause it does have a homeostasis and then finding that and like, okay, yes, there is a, give me a good D and D monster. That's like, I don't know. Uh, let's go with the let's go with the with the land shark. So there's a land shark in the desert and dragon, right? And it's fucking travelers on the road are being attacked. It's blah 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 blah. And it's like, okay, is it attacking them or eating them? Because it's two different things. Like because in in Dungeons and Dragons, it's we and I use that as the the general example. I mean, oh, yeah, any sure. tabletop fantasy game where you kill shit. Um, like I always wonder, like, is this monster trying to eat me? Or is it just trying to kill me? 
know what yeah. I mean? Like, is a magman trying to, like, what what fucking joy does it serve by killing me? Or, like, it's usually because you're going into their home. And, like, kicking down get, their door, yeah. Yeah, and trying to get a magic sword in the dungeon or something. But, like, it's always something to me where I'm like, why is this guy fighting me, man? Like, fuck off, magman. Or it's like, <laughs> like if he could speak, he would be like, fuck you. I live here, man. Get like, out of here. <laughs> get out of here. I'm a magman. Um, or, like, you know, bugbears and all that shit like oftentimes you, we are you intruders sl- you slayed you slayed the magman he he was carrying item broom and then you real and only then do you realize that his his he wasn't directly attacking you he was trying to shoot you away he was trying to shoot you away like a like a <laughs> hey, rodent on hey. the porch get the get out of here get out of my name you stabbed me or th- that magman was fitting up finishing up his maintenance shift and he was just sweeping up and you came in with your wizard friends and blew him to smithereens right like these are the kind of questions that I encourage our listeners to think about when they're mostly like writing the world or writing the campaign. It's like, why is the monster attacking? Yeah. You know, or are you the aggressor? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think that's like, like, uh, that's a a very real thing. It's a very real. And I I think it's I like tying it back into the character, the idea of somebody asking these questions and like writing. um, Here's another element, uh, another thing that I love. God, I love this. This episode is like scattered as hell, but it's good. <laughs> no, like, but it it's all also kind of it's shit. all yeah, it's all based in the same premise that like what keeps monster away, studying the path of monsters and studying what monsters in nature are in fantasy. Uh, tying in another thing that I love, which is like uh, game objects becoming in world objects. The idea of a monster manual. Mm, the idea oh. of the writer of like a book of like well here's what here's what a manticore does a manticore loves a manticore you know will travel from town to town giving people riddles but uh a manticore will also you know if you fail to answer his riddles will bite your head off this is simply oh. and it like writes these things out and so this person give me a roll for some pronouns yes please as we're 29 minutes into the recording hey, no that's okay i love you've hit <clears throat> so three frogs so she her so she's like writing this down she's like so don't answer the riddle like if you want to stay safe around a manticore like it will come up and it will scream riddles at you if you just ignore it it will fly away i love this it gives me that did you play undertale uh, I have never played under, but I did play a very similar game in some thematic senses, and I know where you're going. But yeah, so I know we're the deal like, with it. There's ways to like a very every enemy you can either kill or you can like basically become its friend or like yeah. solve its little puzzle by like learning how it works and what it wants. That's essentially what this. What's the character class you want to call it? Usually it's Beastmaster, but I, I hate. I don't think I that's hate that. Good. I don't love that. I, I, that feels way gross to me. Um, yeah, I, I I think I am gonna keep Master. Yes, because there's a D&D class that I think works really well here. I'm going to throw this as a lore master. Ooh, I love it. Uh, so this person, if you study the monster manual or like, you know, you adhere to the monster manual, you you it's people who try to build it because it's obviously collaborative based on where you are in the world. You are someone who learns what monsters need. So like you don't have to fight them and kill them. You can kind of just like let them exist. You know, mm-hmm. because they'd be a part of the circle of life and the world just the same as everyone else. Yeah. Also, you know I, I mean? do just want to revisit the visual of, like, you're in, like, a coffee house. You're sipping. A gigantic winged thing with a human face and a thorn tail flies down in front of you and is like, ah. <laughs> and you're like, 
Oh god. Oh fuck. Oh god. And it's like it starts like stomping around and finally it just like locks eyes with you and it's like a box without hinges, key on lid, golden treasure inside is hid. And you're like, don't. You're starting to be like, no, it's in it. Don't, don't, don't answer. Just don't. Don't do it. Just let it fly away. It'll leave you alone. <laughs> it just keeps yelling riddles at you. <laughs> I have a fantasy image for this for our lore master. Um, It's kind of like Scholar in Final Fantasy fourteen. I imagine them that you have to carry a book. Oh, for sure. And it's like it's... the book, like you, it floats and you open it and like the information comes pouring out kind of like on a data projection screen. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Very mystical, magical scholarly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you're essentially just like studying. You're a nature. You're like kind of like what Ranger Druid are, but kind of like monster focused and centered. But also like you have to know how nature works and stuff like that. Where like you're an environmental scientist as well. Because if that land shark, you're like, well, the land shark, you like, you know, you're looking at these corpses of these two halflings in the desert. And you're like, well, it didn't eat them. Was it angry? You know, did they attack it? And you'd have to be able to track like environmental factors and like the the, the patterns that it, that these animals and monsters exhibit in order to find the clues. And then when that land shark comes to you, you can just be like, can you talk to them? Is that fun? I kind of love that. Yeah, I kind of love that. I love talking. I love a commute. So I was going to throw something out here. Yeah. And this actually, I'm going to say this goes two ways. Which is to learn this, right? To, like, to practice the art of lore mastery is really more so, like, learning an art of communion. Ooh, because okay. like So, because, like, when you said, like, you pull open a book and, like, data flows out at you, what that said to me was, like, tying into sort of an idea that we've played with around, like, clerics and stuff of, like, pulling power from other people. Oh, do you pull power from monsters? Are you, like, a blue mage? A little bit, a little bit, yeah, yes, and I was gonna, what I was also gonna, what I was gonna say was, you're pulling shared knowledge from, like, everyone else who has practiced this and is writing in these, like, say, these, like, is writing this knowledge in the same way that you're, that, like, science is pulling from shared knowledge, you're, you're literally, like, communing and, like, having these moments where, like, suddenly, like, there's just someone who has written in a book 4,000 miles away, that information just, like, comes out to you, and suddenly, like... And suddenly, like, you can just look at this this shark, and suddenly you can hear this shark, and the shark is like, they fucking, they, they stole my hat. I don't know. I didn't have, <laughs> no, like, a good, no, like, shark no, motivation. But the image I'm getting is very good. So you're in the desert, and you open this book, which is essentially a blank book. And yeah. when you, you know, you ask your question, or you have your thought... The data comes for, or you see it like a Star Fox communication, like Star Fox yeah. 64, where like Peppy comes up on the screen and is like, I once was in the desert once. I had to give the shark back his hat. It, <laughs> they, the, this land sharks in fantasy are nothing without their hats. They become ravenous and furious. Beep. And it goes away. And then they're like, what if I gave you this hat? Like, is it something like that? And you put where, the little and hat like, on it and does the little Michigan J Frog dance. And for that time, while you're linked into both the book, the book is your conduit to the monster. Yeah. Like, that's how you commune with it, and you sit and you have your little palaver, you know, uh, with the monster. So it's kind of like this, you know, uh, freeze. Does it happen? Okay, can I can I give you a real bullshit? Like, this is me going real errand with it. Yeah. When you open the book, and you can only, when you open the book, that's when you're you're linking to a monster. Oh yeah, you know, it opening it flow everything that's been written about this type of beast or creature um flows out in like you know what I mean, you can suddenly understand. Time slows down, you can hear your peppy communication of how ring, you know, your your codex. 
Um, and that's when you commune at the monster. Time slows down for lore masters when they're communing. Yeah. And suddenly all the information flows out of this book and everyone's shared collective knowledge who's ever had this passion and this love for nature and animals and beasts comes to you and you can figure out their problem in a nonviolent way. I love it. And I want to tie in the idea that like just a tiny little detail is like we've been saying it's a book, but I love the visual because you know what I really, really love is like um and this you see this a lot with wizard like wizard stuff is when wizard things aren't traditional wizard things so like it might be a book it might be and i i'm picturing like tying also tying into this i'm picturing the idea of like how you create this object is by writing and note taking and it's almost tied to like a sigil magic I Where, like, you're, love you're, that. You're putting, you're putting, by putting down your thoughts and observations and studying and fact, by crafting these things, like, you are imbuing this object with your own magic that, like, connects it to the magic of others. Which means that, like, if you're carving this into, like, a precious staff, right? If you're carving tiny little runes that, like, that you can read and be like, okay, so in this case, I if I see this, I don't go into the lake you're carving like follow the birds then suddenly like like that is your book or like it could be you know it could just be one long scroll that you keep unfurling and writing on new sections of it could be uh you know what i love is like uh like magical tattoos always a big fan and like so you could literally like tattoo yourself with like a tiny note and like suddenly like you know that like the data flows out of your own body like stuff like that is all just like very cool to me so like this idea of like this idea of of it all kind of comes together through this shared knowledge and through like everyone giving and then yeah time slows down and you can suddenly like speak to the animals you can commune with them you can understand like what their needs are and sometimes like tying in like what you were saying about like sometimes it's dangerous sometimes time speeds up and you just have to look at the people you're traveling with and go no they gotta die oh no No, like 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 that's a mind flight like you you slow down and you like you're like "I, i i see this I see this like this I see this creature, right? And it's I, I see that these people have had their have had their like brains sucked out by like a tentacled beast. And you the time slows down and you commune and they're like, no, those things are those things are, are, are fascist monsters and are trying to like, you know, destroy are trying to destroy any people that would like a, like they are coming in and demanding fealty and you go, Oh, yeah, no, those guys, those guys fucking suck. We can, we like pull, pull your swords because they're, they're going to demand, they're going to demand we take a knee. How does a lore master fight? Mm. You know, with, with yeah. monster info, you know, how do you brawl? Is it is exposing weaknesses and tactics? Is it that kind of thing? Because if you know everything uh, about it, it's like, you know, the mind player under its right armpit has like a crit point. So you know, you're yes, the strategist. Yes, yes. And what it is, the visual that I'm going to throw to you, Aaron, as I, I believe you love the, I believe you might, I don't know, I don't know if you love this as much as I do, but I believe we've talked about this at least a little bit. What is your background with the video game series Fallout? Um, I've played the 3D ones, not the ice, okay. the, the up top over ones, whatever. Special. Is what I'm is what I'm visualizing. No, not special. What's the uh, what's vats, the, vats? Vats. Vats is what yes. I'm visualizing. Where it's literally like, like we said, time slows down. So it's literally you commune and then you look and like if violence, if violence is is the option, and sometimes it might be, you look and you go and like and it's it's that communion, right? It's it's being able and you can commune with the people you're traveling with, and suddenly everyone slows down and it's 
It is. It is. Vats is a good example, but also an equally good example that I think we're both very familiar with is House of the Dead. Yes. When you have a boss battle. Yes. It pauses and it flashes red. And yes. it's like, shoot, shoot the orb. Shoot the orb. Shoot the, shoot, shoot, shoot the orb. Completely. You are the strategist commanding battle commands in the background. Like, yeah. in the, that's the party strategy being like, shoot, attack its orb, attack its orb on its back. Ugh. But also, like, you know, uh, knowing that if you throw a bucket of sand on a mind flare, it's like, I can't see. And it's like, I knew that its eyelid membranes are incredibly thin and susceptible to sand. You know, little things like that, because it's, I kind of like the fact that it's not like a killing, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't do attack damage. It's more of like, it's more of debuffs and information. Yeah. You know, if we were to make this an actual class, it would be like the debuffer, the strategist, and like, you know, knowing that- Information is a powerful thing. It is. Like, you know, gaining, knowing that the tree that with the human screaming apples can only see out the front of the tree. Like, if you see the knot hole, that's its eye. So you can sneak right behind them just by moving on the side of the tree that does not have a knot hole, and you'll never be attacked. I love it. I love it so much. Love this a lot. Lore Master. No, we did not make a character. Well, well, let's we've got some time to roll on some tables, and I know that we're 41 minutes into the recording, but like we we have, I feel like, a lot of information about who the person is that made this, right? Like we talked about them being a person that loves nature and loves wandering and watching things and taking notes. And so what I want to do is I want to roll tables to meet this character like oh i like this right like we know why she's here oh we know her motivation we know her skill set we know her experiences her background the end results of her quest we saw all of this very high level so now we just kind of i think roll on tables to like know who she is as a person I like this. Let's just say that everything we've said unto this point was the journey of one person. Because yeah. like you said, it's there's staves, there's tattoos, you know, this is all one journey. This is the girl with the book. Yeah. This is this is the girl that this is the this is the woman that like invented all of this. Oh, that changes a lot. This is like the lore master. Oh my goodness. I like this a lot. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. I'm ready to roll. Um, so we're going to be using the Animal Trainer 5th Edition Dungeons & Dragons background by Dave Friant. It is on nerderkey.com. Uh, we are going to see how we're going to do with this. Give me a D8 for a personality trait. Damn it, I grabbed a D10 first. I completely forgot. Um, Jesus. Oh, got it. Got it. Two. I tend to communicate with grunts, gestures, and body language using as few words as possible. I, re- I respond to these more than a person's words. I I have a pitch for this. Please. Uh she is a consummate studier. Okay. You know that you know that that person that con- that like consummate observer, right? You know the person that like the, the the best way I can describe this is she's really fucking good at poker. She's she's the kind of person that like she knows the little tick you make on the side of your mouth when you're mad. Oh, I have a pitch as well. I like that Please. a lot. Like, is, can study a room, blah, 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 really, like, analytic, breaks down a situation, like, in a millisecond, and breaks mm-hmm. down an ecosystem, an environment, uh, danger, assessment, but also, she's a constant daydreamer. Oh, yeah. Constantly lost another world, and that's consummate, why a lot of people, I think, consummate interpret- people watcher. Yes, and people interpret that as being like, hey, hmm, oh, okay, yeah, um, sure, because it's always somewhere else, yeah, always yeah, yeah. lost in the, in the environment, and- 
You know, if there's a bird fluttering by, bird all day, lake, studying the water, looking at everything, would much rather just be staring off at nature and enjoying things than engage in a lengthy conversation. The idea of a lengthy conversation is like, to this person. And the idea, and that ties into like the the, the, the phrase like grunts and, and mumbles and and things like that is it's all, it's a lot of like, you know, it reminds me a little bit of like the witch or the hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, she, hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool, cool. Great. And she just sits and she listens. Uh her name? Let's wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to okay. get to know her a little bit more. She has, she hasn't she hasn't introduced herself to me yet. Doesn't feel right. No. In the tradition of JRPG Beastmaster, I think most lore masters are loners in their mm-hmm. travels and adventures. And then, like, if your party is able to come up with, like, find one and they join your team, like, you're a lucky duck. Because yeah. it's, like, rare and they're powerful and they're, like, one of the most valuable. It's like, oh, you need a healer in your MMO party. It's like having a having a lore master like kicks your party into overdrive in terms of, like, oh, my God, we are unstoppable. But we also now can't kill shit. Unless it's like super dude. Bad. Can I can I connect can I connect two pieces of AMFC lore and tell you the only person that will get our our so uh all right I'm gonna do three AMFC classics here. I'm ready. I'm gonna connect some AMFC lore and I'm gonna make it real gay. Okay. Uh, I want to say that she is uh she either is dating or dated. It doesn't uh, you know either one. Uh, Rose, the original Rose of Rose's Guide. Oh, I like that. And that 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 Rose is the only person that can get her talking, like get her to talk her ear off. Because like Rose would, you know, lay out like, oh, I visited this. I visited this cave and there was this weird spider and she'd be writing in a book and look up and be like, what color? What what was the color on the back of it? And she'd be like, oh, I don't know. It was like a yellow. Was it like. Were there three strands of yellow or four strands of yellow? And like she starts, and like it's it's Rose relaying the travels of these like long forgotten places that she has seen, and uh and our our unnamed our unnamed lore master being like you know breaking down like the fascinating animal facts and just being like so it's super super cool because this spider like what you don't know is that like this spider actually like. When it eats, it actually emits, like, if you if you were to look very closely at the spider web with, like, a magnifying glass, you would actually see, like, like hidden secrets and facts that the spider has observed. And, like, the two of them on long dates would, like, break down, uh, like, you know, places and places and things and, and animals. I like and I think this. that's very good. I think there there's totally a capability. Uh, uh, I think there's totally a possibility of lore masters when they're together. Being mm-hmm. like chatterbugs. Oh, yeah. But only, it's like when you get those people who just know your brand, yeah. you can talk all day for them about that brand. But then if you were to talk about something else, it's like, Mr. no, okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I think it might not have worked out. <laughs> yeah. Kind of maybe they broke yeah, up. They think because they broke it was up. like, yep. all we have in to, all we have in common is nerding out about land, monsters and animals, which is great. But, you know, I think we need a deeper connection than this. Yeah. It's just not working out. Yeah. And then they broke up. But I do like this idea, though, that, um, you know, yes, I just love that idea. <laughs> All right. Give me a D6 for an ideal. Animal D6, go. Oh, Aaron, it's all about helping others reach their full potential. The ideal is guidance. Oh, my God. It's all about, like, keeping animal, keeping monsters and animals like on the straight and narrow. Well, especially it, it's keep up monsters. I keep saying animals, but I mean monsters mm-hmm. like living their best life and having people like 
Because if, you know, if you go to spend a month, you know, hanging out with purple worms, for example, and you learn their things, you learn what they need, you learn what they like, their dislikes, by helping them, you're essentially helping that traveler who walks by and is going to get attacked by a purple worm. The purple worm won't need to attack them because they're just happy living their lives. You know what I mean? So it's like you're helping the greater ecosystem and helping them, like helping travelers as a result by giving them like the guidance and the help they need. You're an environmentalist. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. if you don't remove that one thing from the wolf's ecosystem, like the wolf will have plenty of food, and then like that the prey of the wolf won't be overpopulated, and that prey can continue to help the river and do you know what I mean? It continues mm-hmm. this circle of nature just by giving acts of kindness and caring about monsters will pay it forward for everyone. Alright, I think I have a name. I'm ready. Alicia Wanderweb. Fuck that's, that's what, what culture that's, is she? Is she a uh, spider person? Yeah. She's a spider person and yeah. she's the first lore master? Yeah. So this person created the phenomenon of caring, of giving a shit. Oh, yeah. And then I think at the end, after we roll her flaw, we'll find out like what got her to be there and then finish. Yeah. Like what got her to take up the magic book. Yeah. So give me a D6 for a bond. Let's go. Three, frog. I consider my family friends part of my pack, and I would die for them. She's loyal for life. So she has family friends, and I like that. I think, like, that includes just people, I think. Because if you wonder, you'd come across people on the road. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's your party member for life. Like, if she joined... This is the... Do you have a... You know in, like, JRPG's guest characters, they just pop in for a spell, and they're usually really fucking strong, and then they leave? Mm Mm-hmm. That is Alicia? Alicia. That is Alicia Wanderweb. Like, she shows up in your party, and, like, all of a sudden, you're getting whacked by, like, you know, a steel-toed mole. And all of a sudden, someone swoops in, and, like, in an instant, it just seems like the mole, like, tunneled away and was completely docile and, like, super happy. And it left us a broom. I think that that she, she, she broke up with, like, she and Rose broke up. But, like, they still meet for, like, coffee and things, and they still, like, have the same relationship of both just being, like, the most excited about stuff, right? Like They're collaborators, Jeff. Yeah, there has to be notes about monsters in Rose's Guide. That's the thing. It's the two of them, like, like they, they have, they have, they, they, uh, they don't talk about when they were together, but, like, they're, they both just are like, so what, so what have you seen lately? Oh, I was in, I was in this rocky crevasse. Oh, did the did one of the rocks get a, it grew legs and it walked away? It walked away. <laughs> oh, okay. So right in your book. So when you put in the book, note mo- note that, but make sure you call it this and differentiate it from this rock creature from Geode. Be, be yeah. you know, be a good friend and do that, please. Yeah. Um. Uh. I like the fact that this is you know this is someone who. What do they want? You uh, know, I usually ask that, but it's like, what is their hope? Well, I guess she, we'll get there. We'll get there after well, fall, I think. Well, we rolled her ideal was guidance. I think that she wants – I think she wants – I kind of think she wants what we wanted from this episode, which was just to, like, ask that question, right? Like, I think, like, that – the question that we were asked – because we said, like, everything that we went through in this episode was her going through the thing that turned her into the lore master. So yeah. asking the question of, like, do we have to be doing this? Yeah. Like, that feels like I think what she wants is to just have is, is I think her journey was because I think we are finding her at the end of her journey. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I think her journey was simply kind of asking that question of like, is this is this the way that this works? Is this like the only option? Yeah. 
I think it's it comes from seeing capital H heroes in fantasy. Yeah. Like, you know, if you exist in fantasy, there's going to be people rolling into your town with like swords and monster stuff and be like, you know, going like Mama Cat and Corby's great as it is, you know, you bring in monster stuff and you like, you know, trade it and shit. It's like imagine Monster Hunter with like, oh, I made a sword out of a terrasque horn. You're like you know, people have, of course, differing opinions on that stuff. And Aliciano, Alicia Wanderweb would be like, you didn't have to fucking kill it, you know? Or am I going mm-hmm. down a dark road? Should no, I, I like pedal? that. I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's exactly what I wanted. It's, it's too, there's just many different ways of seeing the fantasy world. And there is no right or there is wrong ones. But this isn't like a matter of Alicia is right and capital H adventurers yeah. are wrong. There's times. Because like, like we said, like there's times where she comes out of her trance and she's like, no, like this is the only way. Like, yeah, this is this is this is this is the only option. Like, there's no way to make peace with this. Yeah, and it would come from just growing up in an area. Like, if you grew up anywhere in fantasy, like I honestly think it was. I don't know. It doesn't have to be like a traumatic. Like, I witnessed someone killing a purple worm, but it could just be like growing up in that world. And yeah. you know, I think she went out on an adventure when she was just like a young. A young drogue or druid, a ranger, a young ranger. She was out with like a party, being a capital H adventurer, and she's holding this bow and this sword. Like, she's I don't like. Yeah, I, I don't want to do. I, do I kind of don't want to do that. What if like you know? And I think there was a moment where like she pulled her bow, and they're like, pull, like knock the you know knock the arrow, drop that warg. And the warg just like looked at her and ran away, and she like dropped the arrow. You know, I yeah, think that was like, the moment of do like, that. I don't need to do this. It, like, not only do I not want to, mm-hmm. she doesn't think you need to. She's like, that warg was, ah oh, man, I don't even know why I was fighting this thing. I mm-hmm. need to reevaluate some shit. Yeah, I dig it. I love it. I love it. All right, give me a d six for a flaw. Here we go. <laughs> Five ant. I have no patience for people. <laughs> This, this, her way, she's a little stubborn with yeah. her way of seeing things is the only way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, you know, capital H adventures, like, zero patience. Like, she'll save them, but she won't talk to them, hang out with them after that. Like, you're my lifelong party member because I care about people. But, like, I have no fucking patience for capital H heroes and mascots like old school way where it's like I follow you around and we commit acts of violence like dungeon diving is yeah, something she's she does like, not she's take like, part no, in no, no absolutely not no but if you're being like it's more of like a self-defense measure when she's with a party where it's like yeah. I have no people patience for adventurers who are dungeon diving who are glory hounding and shit like that like fuck them I will just grunt at you I will you know spit a little web at the ground because she's a spider and you know go on my merry way so let's so we didn't actually use it, but let's roll on the on the the wholesome table that Hex Chosen created for the show. Do you want to roll on a personality trait, an ideal, a bond, or a flaw? Um, let's go for ideal. Fuck it. All right, give me an ideal. Give me a D six for an ideal. You can never have too many ideals. Yeah. Four turtle. Uh, patience. Slowing down can present silly mistakes. Take your time and do it right the first time. I think that's perfect measure 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 twice cut once i love it i think being a lore master too is part part of it is that slowing down is the ability to be able to scan an entire a monster an environment scan the region like you deke a deep breath and it's like sort of like daredevil vision where like you see everything you see all the moving parts and you're like this is why the monster is pissed 
Or like, yep. we shouldn't be here. We need to run from this monster. This is its territory, and we are intruding. We got to bounce. Yep, that is, I love it. Yeah, and it, that goes with the same with people, where it's like, the no patience thing, it's not like, fuck you, bleh. It's more of like, I know what you all are doing here. Like, I, please, like, slow down, take, take stock of what we're doing as adventurers. Like, I'm an adventurer too, I'm just not destructive, so please take a step back remember to breathe and think about why you want that magic sword so bad and what you're willing to cost to get it. Like our whole take on fantasy, like violence and stuff, I think is the lore master way of like, think about what, think, ask bigger questions is, you know, and pass the information forward. Now, can I close out with a Jeff Stormer audio drama? Uh, Yes. Um, So Alicia is wandering, is, is wandering between points of light and she comes upon like, uh, she comes upon like another young dragon woman, like the, who is also kind of wandering and has sort of like, uh, since dragon is very kind of sci-fi, like hologram screens around herself, and they're wandering and they cross paths and they kind of like acknowledge each other and they kind of chat. And as this is happening, um, a we'll go with a Gorilon because a four-armed gorilla is very funny to me. It is um, very funny. Like swoops by and the dragon woman looks up and is like Gorilon and starts like furiously typing. And uh, Alicia looks at this and like starts taking notes and they kind of look at each other and smile. And they're just both like, are you taking, are you right? Are you making notes? And they kind of realize that like they have both been on this similar journey. Like they, they have both been on this journey of like you know, making these notes and, and like we were saying, like there's that element of like, when you find someone that isn't your really specific brand, like connecting and just suddenly like you can't stop talking and they talk and they talk and they share notes and they swap theories and they're like, Oh, you got to go up this way. Cause you've got to see, you've got to see the living geyser. You have to see the living geyser. And like, they're talking and they're talking and they're talking. And when they part ways, like Alicia looks at this woman and is like, Hey, if you ever like, need anything like you know i can't promise we'll ever cross paths but like i hope that like i can give you some of that knowledge and that is how like the school of lore mastery is born is is, it is that connection between like scholars is born from like that moment of connection and then you know years like or months later Alicia is like somewhere and sees a wyvern and suddenly her book opens and like notes from her friend pop out and she's like, oh, pen pals. Oh. Yeah. And so that's like that is how like that is the the way of lore mastery schools is literally you just meet and you form these deep connections so that like you pull from the people that you have talked to and you pull from the connections. And that is how like and eventually you know, she starts pulling from she's people and she's like, I've never I've never been anywhere near that section of the world before. And that's like it it, it becomes you're connected not just to your own pen pals, but to the people that they connect to and it forms the web of true lore mastery. It's like a share it's a web of information yeah. and like, oh, I love it so much. I love lore masters. That's a wrap, so, Jeff. That's a wrap. We did it. God damn, uh, Alicia Wanderweb is fire, and Lord, we lot a lot of monster stuff down this episode. For everybody asking for monster stuff, boom! Thank you so much, Scott Paladin, for your prompt. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own, Scott, use the Discord, but there's a ton of ways that you can get your good, 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 good ideas that we can build on together to us. Yes, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. 
You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. Or you can go to our Discord server at bit.ly slash amfcdiscord and post them in the prompt submission channel. Yeah, for links to all things All My Fantasy Children, go to our Twitter, and I made a little link tree thing. Link T-R-E-E, you know, the whole thing. Anyway, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Uh, Check out shows, uh, go to oneshotpodcast.com and check out shows like Broadswords, Asians Represent. There's a little show right now uh, that has its own feed called Skyjack's Couriers Call that I am a part of that you should be listening to immediately because it's fun. And if, if I'm doing an actual play, you know it's good. It's true. Um, and Jeff, though, has a show that is, you know, just breaking barriers and breaking boundaries and changing the game every single week. That's right. I host a show called Party of One. Uh, it is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with a friend. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Shabuya. Uh, verbal hug this week. Um, things are kind of stressful right now, but it's going to be okay. Um, things are very stressful right now. Uh, let's all do our best. Um, yes. and you know, doing your best and depends on a lot of different factors, but do your best to be a force for positivity and change yes. in this current climate. Yep. Um, and another one is if Please. you have friends who make stuff, Always support them and shout about their things. If you have the coin, buy their merch, fucking rep their brand, support them in every way. It's just good. Like, you know, that's how you build the team. It's like you have people that you fucking love and respect, even if it's only like you just shout back and forth for fucking years, retweeting each other and like telling you, you should listen to the show. Oh, you should listen to my show. It's just a lovely thing. And it helps build like a community and it helps strengthen like, you know, creators relationships and not for gain but just for like it's just for better enjoyment you know yeah. what i mean that's yeah. the yeah that's my shout out this week is just to my verbal hug i mean shout out this week is just to like you know be a supportive person you don't have to always be like yeah that's a really good point but you should also listen to my show like it's okay to just shut the fuck up retweet someone's stuff tell people they should listen to it and then guess what People are probably going to help you out, but that's not what it's about. It's about lifting up other creators. You know what I mean? Not hoping mm-hmm. that you get something in return. Just do it because it's fucking the right thing to do. Gosh, yes. dang it. I can't believe yeah. I have to say that out loud, but I have to. <laughs> Don't ask for something in return. Do it because you love them and you love their work. I agree. And I just slammed a basketball in a hoop and it shattered the backboard and all those reply guys just got like backboard rained down on them i um so actually the reply guys were had crowded me and were holding me down i was gonna dunk a basketball but they all tackled me in midair and i couldn't reach the basketball i had the basketball in hand but i couldn't get to the net so you know what i just did aaron what'd you do i stretched my arm I, I stretched my arm and I reached all the way. I was at half court I and I stretched across <laughs> and I, I dunked that basketball and I won the game. And then the monsters went away. And the monsters we are reply guys being like, "Hey Jeff," being like, "I had a great day today." Tweeted Jeff Stormer. Someone responded, "Hey, I had a great one too because I was editing this podcast. You should totally check out." Fuck you. <laughs> the monsters. The monsters are reply guys. <laughs> And I and and I in this scenario are Michael fucking Jordan. Jordan. Hey Jeff, that's a really good point. Uh, fuck your show. Have you ever listened to mine? <laughs> uh, 
All right, do we have anything else on the issues? Is that it? Lift, Three, lift people up. Um, yeah, that is it. All right, well, then, until <laughs> next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game. Hey everybody, it's me, Senior Wizard Aaron. Um, we recorded that episode a few weeks ago, and I wanted to give you guys like another verbal hug this week. And my verbal hug for you this week is: right now, things are very hard. They are very uncertain, and they are a little scary. I want to personally, me, take a lesson from the elves that Jeff and I have created. And um, if I'm in high tide, you know, you can always come to me and talk to me and discord on Twitter. If you're in low and you want to chat about stuff, you know, I, I encourage everyone to find people. If you are in low tide to reach out to those in high and just connect, you know, don't feel alone in this because everybody is in this together. So make sure that you're reaching out to people. We're always available to talk on the MFC Discord about anything, about how you're being affected. You know, we'll always signal boost you and things like that if you need help. Just feel free to come to us. We love you. And we really want uh, people in our community and people who listen to this show to know that we care about them. And we, you are valid and all your concerns and problems right now are valid. And we love you for it. Uh, so come hang out with us in Discord on Twitter. Whatever, I just want you all to know my hug is for all of you who are in low tide right now, that feel free to lean on those in high, um, you know, and we will always have your back and give you the support that you need. I love all of you. Stay strong and stay safe. And, you know, if you need to escape into fiction and fantasy, we're here for you. And if you ever need recommendations or shows and stuff like that that are good feels, we have tons of friends who are also doing similar stuff. Um, I love you. Take care of yourselves. I love you so much. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye.